All right, here we go, guys. Episode two, Mountains of Madness. I'm glad you guys decided to come back after you heard episode one. Um, I'm not going to call it a shit show, but it wasn't um, wasn't great. Uh, at least I didn't think it was. Of course, I think everyone's uh, was always a bigger critic of their own work than, than anyone else. You can see all the flaws and all that shit, but... Um, I love flaws. Flaws are, are what make things interesting, I guess. So, welcome to Mountains of Madness. Um, I'll do just a quick introduction to what this is before we get into anything. So, just as a reminder, if you found me through Proud Meat, this is a podcast where I get a chance to uh, deep dive some of the things that we talk about on uh, on Proud Meat. If you listen to a lot of Proud Meat, you know that we talk a lot about horror flicks. And then we also go into uh, more of the, the comedy side of things. We we talk about um, different stories we've heard about, some, some funny shit that we find. Um, so it's not always movie-centric. This is going to be a much shorter format, much more movie-centric format uh, for me to, uh, to talk with you guys, all right? And it's called Mountains of Madness because I come from the beautiful state of West, by God, Virginia. Um, the greatest state in the uh, in the nation. Absolutely love it here. Um, I'll post some pictures from my doorstep so you guys can see uh, just how fucking beautiful it really is. So, uh, again, that's just kind of my introduction. Um, and let's just jump right into what we have tonight. So, we had a chance on the Proud Meat podcast to, uh, to check out a couple movies recently that I want to talk about. One is called Hosts, which if you've already listened to Proud Meat, you know exactly how I feel about it. Uh, the other one is going to be The Honeymoon Phase, which again, I've already talked about on Proud Meat, but I'm going to dive a little deeper here and give you guys uh, just a little more, um, little more of how I feel about it, right? And let you know kind of where I landed on both of those movies. I also had a chance recently to check out a couple other movies I want to talk about, not new movies, much, much older, which I'll get into uh, closer to the end of the podcast, I suppose, I suppose. Okay, so let's jump right into Hosts. So the the movie Hosts, uh, it drops on video on demand everywhere, or I'm sorry, in the U.S., I guess. It might have already been out other places. I need to probably uh, check up on that to make sure I get that right. But I know it's coming out in the U.S. on video demand, uh, video on demand on October 2nd. Uh, if you're listening to this, you're probably listening to it right around October 1st or possibly on October 2nd. So it's likely already out. I would recommend that you go and pick this up as quick as you can. Get ahead of the uh, the curve on this one, guys, because there is there is something special about this movie, and I'm going to get into why right now. So this movie was directed by Adam Leader and uh, and Richard Oakes, okay? And it was written also by uh, by Adam Leader, based on a story by, by himself and, and Richard Oakes. So, wow. Where to start on this movie? If you've been following me on Twitter, uh, you'll notice that I've been kind of talking about this movie for a little bit. We watched this movie a while back for uh, for Proud Meat, and I'm just now getting around to uh, to doing it here on Mountains of Madness. This movie is it's next level. I don't know how else to put it. This movie is is next level horror. When we were asked to, because we get asked from time to time to, to watch some movies, and it's not always the best experience, I'm not going to lie. We normally, you know, get movies from people who, you know, they're low budget, and, and we try to be as friendly as we can and, and overlook some of the flaws and things like that. This is one of the first times I can remember watching one of these movies, and not only being genuinely shocked by how good it is, but just, I mean, honestly being blown away by the, um, by the skill that was on, that was on, uh, 
uh, on display. And it wasn't just the direction. It wasn't just the the stunning cinematography. Um, the acting, man, the acting in this movie is is next tier. I don't know. I don't know where. And I, I'm anxious to talk to the cast and crew. And we're trying to put something together where we can do that. But I'm anxious to hear um, a little bit about where where they got all of these people. If if uh, if they had to, you know, really go and scour the 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 British countryside to find the best actors and actresses they could find. Um, normally, again, the movies that we get a chance to watch on this show um, and on Proud Meat are, are going to be more more local movies. You know, your buddies are all are all popping up in your films for you. So the acting is is not always the best in this movie. It is it is top tier. Um, I, I can't I can't overstate that. Specifically when it comes to um, great jobs uh, in their roles, you have the uh, the two I'm going to call them the leads in the movie. Um, so you have uh, Neil Ward and Samantha Loxley. They play a couple that take a very stark turn about 10 minutes, uh, 15 minutes into this movie and they become maybe two of the, two of the most sinister presences I've ever seen in a horror a movie. Um, I'm, I'm trying not to overstate that, but if you want to know the, the level of just pure menace they bring to the screen, think of, you know, Gunnar Hansen in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, think of, you know, think of Tony Todd in Candyman. Like, that type of sinister presence is what these two bring to the table. And the, the scariest part about it is the way they play the mayhem in this film is so... It's so gleeful. It's so happy. It's so, uh, it, it's just so fucking mean, right? And it's, it's literally the kind of movie that I just wait for. I like nihilistic films. I like nihilistic stories. I like stories where nothing's okay at the end. Um, it's the reason I'm a Lovecraft fan, right? Shit's not okay. Something's wrong. And this movie plays on that. It, it really suckers you into thinking you're going to be watching this this standard sort of container type of movie where it's, you know, uh, this home invasion type of thing. Um, but it really is more than that on every level. It, it's so much less about the home invasion and so much more about um, the psychological warfare that's being waged in this in this movie. Man, I, I can't recommend it enough. So as far as the acting goes, um, again, huge, huge, huge shout out to uh, to both Neil Ward and Samantha Loxley. You guys absolutely knocked it out of the fucking park. So good. The other person that I, in the cast that I really want to call out um, is is Nadia Lehman. Um, and again, I hope I'm saying that name right. Um, I'm sure someone's going to correct me if we ever get a chance to talk to these guys. Man, she she brought it. She plays. Uh, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say like the main heroine in the film for lack of a better word because really in this there are no there are protagonists and there are antagonists but there's no such thing as like the good guy or the bad guy and you'll, you'll understand if you watch it it is uh it is just a different kind of movie all around so uh you know i'm gonna call her the main protagonist right uh the main protagonist in the movie she has some scenes of uh, where she is so vulnerable. Um, she is just so so left to the elements, uh, and and man, she just excels in these scenes. I, I don't know. Again, I I've never watched any movies with these guys in them. Um, 
You know, I think Jared pointed out on the Proud Meat podcast that we're not being paid to say this or anything. It's just different, guys. Um, I don't know how else to put it. I don't know uh, how else to say it. Uh, This movie just has a different vibe to it. And the good news, right before I sat down to record this, um, I happened to notice that, uh, that they've been... Um, nominated for an award at Citrus, which is, uh, man, in the horror world, that is that is next-tier shit right there. So as far as the acting goes, it's amazing. The older actors in it, Frank Jakeman, and uh, I can't remember the uh, the name of the mother, the lady who played the mother, so I'm sorry, I can't remember her name. Uh, but they, they also bring some real powerhouse performances in this. So uh, here in a minute, I'm going to get a little spoilery, just like we do on Proud Meat. I'll give you a heads up before I get to that in case you want to skip past it um, you totally can um, but I, I am going to get a little spoiler because there's some stuff I want to get to with that the other thing I want to get to before I get to the spoilers I already said that the acting is top-notch I, I mentioned that the cinematography um, the direction and I don't think I mentioned the writing but the writing is also really really next level good um, so let me let me get into that a little bit so first off the cinematography in this movie I man I, I don't I don't know how they they pull pulled off some of the things they pulled off. Um, I'm not sure what their budget was, um, but I know that uh, the one of the writers and, and one of the directors, Richard Oakes, um, was the cinematographer on this. And I've started looking up other movies that he's a cinematographer on just because I really want to kind of go down this path and watch some of his work. Uh, because in this movie, um, it is... <sighs> You know, I, I always try to say, you know, oh, here's here's a cinematographer you can compare them to. Um, here's somebody who they're like. It wasn't really like anybody I've watched before. Um, it, it was. Uh it was just good. It was just really, really good. It was, uh, the cinematography made sense. Um, when you're learning to write or, um, or, or, or act or do anything, you'll always hear the term like less is more, uh, say less and show more. Uh, the cinematography, um, opens up the, the writer and director, uh, to be able to show more and say less. And in this case, the cinematography is fucking banging. It's just so good. Um, it's, it's so great. Um, what are some of the scenes I was, I was thinking of some of the outdoor scenes, uh, near the end of the movie get really, really interesting. Um, definitely the interior shots where the camera wants to follow this, this trail of just this grisly trail of blood in one scene. Uh, there's a scene in the attic, uh, where they shoot it, um, so perfect. Uh, they, they shoot it so perfect where the, uh, the antagonists, the two bad guys, um, they, they kind of disappear into the background so that you can kind of watch what's going on in the forefront of the shot. Um, really, really, really well done. Um, and you know, yeah, the writing too, the writing is, is really tight. Um, I'm not going to say there are no, uh, I won't call them plot holes, but I mean, there, there, there's some plot armor built into the, the script and into the story and that's okay. Uh, we're not watching horror movies because we we need it to be um you know christopher nolan level writing every single time stanley kubrick level writing every single time we're watching um we're watching horror movies uh for for the horror of it right the uh the, 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 the horror, the horrific elements, what they can bring to us. And and the writing here, while it's not the best I've ever run into, it is definitely not the worst. It's, and it's way above, you know, mid grade writing. Um, the, what else, where they excel, the story could, could use a little more. 
but where they excel is the dialogue. Um, the dialogue in this movie is extremely believable. And I'm going to circle back around to the dialogue here in just a minute and, and, and explain why I'm saying that. Um, love the dialogue in this movie. Uh, so I'll circle back around to that. And then finally, the direction. Um, I read a I read a somewhat negative review of this movie where someone said that uh, I can't remember exactly how he put it, so I'm not going to quote it or anything. Uh, but I, I do remember that it basically it came around to um, motivation. You know, uh, like it, it, he said something like, "I bet they were scratching their heads." The actors were scratching their heads, wondering what's my motivation. I didn't get this at all. I, I think the motivation is clear right from the very beginning. Uh, the motivation is pure ill will. On, on the part of the uh, the antagonist and on the protagonist side it is pure survival it's how do we survive um, you don't get much better motivation than those two things so the direction is really tight um, it's really solid and it makes a lot of sense um, they made some really good choices with uh, with the way they set their scenes up uh, the blocking was excellent if you care about things like that everything was good I mean everything was good uh, it's a great movie. Um, so before I get into spoilers, um, I will say that I have my letterboxed review for this movie up, um, and it pretty much follows the same uh, the same the same type of love I just gave it. You should definitely definitely watch this movie. I gave it a four out of five. Um, I badly wanted to give this movie a four and a half out of five. Uh, the only thing. The only thing that kept me from doing it is I feel like this movie could have been 15 or 20 minutes longer um, just to give me a little more of an idea of, of what's what's up, what's happening, right? That's the only thing I'm going to take I'm going to take anything off of this movie for. Again, for a, what appears to be a first-time movie uh, checking out IMDb as far as directing and, and writing and stuff for first-time feature-length film. This movie is really fucking good. I mean, you couldn't ask for much more of a gut punch uh, for your first movie. Uh, the the entire Proud Meat team were blown away by this, and I'm going to get into why here in just a minute. So I'm going to call the spoiler alarm right now. So spoilers, if you don't want to hear spoilers about this movie, I'm going to give you just a second to uh, back the fuck up. All right, back the fuck up if you don't want to hear spoilers because they're about to drop. All right, let me give you just another minute. Have you left yet? No? Okay. All right, fuck it, here we go. So some spoilers about this movie before you watch it. If you are squeamish about blood, stay away from this movie. Um, there is a scene, and, and I am confident that this movie, uh, or that this scene is going to go down in history, in horror history, as being one of those, just one of those scenes, man. You know the famous scenes I'm talking about. Old Boy has a couple of them. Texas Chainsaw Massacre has a couple of them. Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead. You know, they, they have these, these moments where you just say, this has classic horror moment written all over it. Um, and the scene I'm talking about is exactly what I talked about on Proud Mead. It's the scene at the fucking dinner table, man. There is a scene where the family gets together, right? They've, they've let these, uh, these two people join them. Um, what I want, I'm assuming, are old family friends, um, and they're the ones who are possessed, right? Something's happened to them, and, and they're possessed, and they ha they are, are harboring some real resentment and some real serious bad will for the for this family, right? So they um, they're sitting at the dinner table, right? And the mom goes into 
a little backstory that you don't know about how she had cancer, right? And she's been going to chemotherapy. And she is now in remission, right? She strings the family along for a minute, and you really take a moment to buy in to this family dynamic. Um, you believe the siblings. There's a younger sibling, um, a daughter, and an older son, and you really believe them as siblings. You really believe the dad as this uh, this kind of wholesome old school uh, patriarch of this family. You believe the mom is a matriarch, right? You, you buy this whole dynamic, right? You really buy into it. And then, and then they bash the mom's head in with a fucking hammer. Like, reach across the table, she says, I don't have cancer anymore. And they beat her fucking brains out until her head's mush. And then, yeah, Neil Ward's character grabs her and just drags her through the hall and then goes and puts her in bed. All right. And you're watching this happen. And the family, <laughs> the, the family looks so goddamn shocked. I had to pause it when we got to that. This happened. And I paused it for a minute. And I, I was watching it with Brittany. And I looked over at Brittany. And I just said, did that really just fucking happen? And we had to rewind it and watch this a couple times, right? Because we, we just couldn't believe it. I, I, I couldn't take my eyes off of uh, Samantha Loxley's character in this. Um, she was sitting kind of at the end of the table. They make sure to show that she's got a hammer in her hand. And when she comes across the table and just starts hammering the mother's head in with a hammer, um, she does it with a big fucking grin on her face. And it is just horrifying it's horrifying it's what like i watch a lot of horror movies i mean i watch a shitload of horror movies um i watch too many right it's probably not good for me um i watch shitload of them and it's been a long time since i've been genuinely shocked by a scene and it wasn't shocking because of the gore um it wasn't shocking because of the subject matter um it was shocking at just the just the the violence of it. The fact that the mom had just gotten done telling a story about how she was in remission and she was going to live and they were going to be a family and then they rip it all away from you. Um, in, in just one of the most brutal, um, gleefully violent moments I've ever watched in a movie. So, uh, you know, thanks guys for doing that. Um, it really, really, really took me back. Um, there was another scene that, that's similar to that, um, where, uh, the, the, the brother and the sister are in the attic together. They wake up, uh, well, sorry, she wakes up and she's kind of in a chair and her brother's passed out, uh, on the floor, like leaning against a beam and, 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 you know, they're just kind of sitting in there. The, the sister again is played by, um, Again, played by Nadia Lehman. The brother is played by Lee Hunter. Uh, they both turn in really cool performances, uh, really great performances in this movie. But basically, they t the, the, the antagonists, the, the bad guys here, they tell her that she's going to have to kill her brother. And basically, if you don't kill him, we're going to do it, and we're going to kill you, is essentially what you get from this. And if you don't do it now, we're going to torture him, and you're not going to want to see it, right? So they say, you can kill your brother now and just save him from the torture. And she's going to do it. She's totally going to do it. She's holding the old man's shotgun. Um, they have this back and forth. She pulls the trigger. There's nothing in there. The, the, the chamber's empty. 
honestly didn't expect it. I kind of expected to see this dude's head just get blown the fuck off. Um, part of me expected it, part of me didn't. Uh, I keep kind of waffling on that a little bit, whether I expected it or not. doesn't really matter if I expected it, uh, because it still works, no matter, no matter how it worked out. But after she pulls the trigger, the horrified look she gets on her face when she realizes, my brother thought I was going to fucking kill him, and I didn't, and then the brother flips shit and just gets real mean. I mean, just, just let's loose. And this movie keeps going like that, where it just absolutely um, gut punches you over and over and over again until you get to the scene where the dad dies, right? So the dad dies in a very grisly way. It's one of the most intense stabbing scenes I've ever watched in a horror movie. I want to try to say it's reminiscent to other stabbing deaths. It's not. It's unique. It's its, its own thing. It's so uh, over the top, so violent, so um, interesting. It's just interesting to watch. It's violent. It's over the top. Um, It's just damn good. So, yeah, uh, I think that's all the spoilers I'll give. I will say there's a scene with some teeth that you're going to want to get to. Um, And uh, I've heard some stuff from uh, from some of the cast and crew members about... um, about the uh, the teeth and about the stabbing scene, but I'm going to save that in case we ever get a chance to talk to these guys uh, because it's going to make for some really fucking interesting conversation. So we're going to save that shit. Uh, we're going to save that and get to it uh, later on. But, uh, you know, overall, again, guys, I'm going to give this a four out of five. Um, it's an excellent movie. Um, it is it is just top-notch on in, in pretty much every level. Again, if you're an asshole, you're going to watch this movie and you're going to find a couple, fall, uh, couple flaws here and there. But you would have to be a real dick to not um, at least enjoy this movie and appreciate what they've done here. For a low-budget, shot shot on your own, DIY type of uh, indie film, this movie um, exceeded my expectations in, in pretty much every way. So again, congratulations to the, the, to the, to the creators of hosts, to the actors. Um, you guys deserve everything you're getting for this movie. I see a lot of accolades. Again, seeing a couple fucking assholes out there, but you're getting a lot of accolades and you deserve um, all of them that you can get your hands on. Um, you guys definitely earned it. So um, well done. Well done, guys. All right. So we're going to move on now. We have another movie I want to try to get to. And uh, again, this is a shorter format. Um type of podcast. So I'm going to rush through this one a little bit. Um, this movie is also, oh, and by the way, just a reminder really quick about hosts. It comes out video on demand, October 2nd. If you're listening to this after October 2nd, go find this fucking movie. I am really excited, um, at the prospect of getting this movie on DVD or Blu-ray down the road. Um, I'm a physical media collector. I, I like collecting uh, physical discs. Um, can't wait to get my hands on one uh, because I'm sure there are going to be some deleted scenes in there somewhere and I'm sure there's going to be a commentary track or something and can't wait to sit down and uh, and rewatch this and uh, and just mull it over a little bit more because there's there's a lot to fucking unpack with, with hosts. So again, four out of five drops October 2nd on video on demand. Uh, I think online they said you can pre-order it through iTunes. However you have to pre-order it, go pre-order this movie. Um, Get yourself prepared. um, And try to watch it on an empty stomach if you're squeamish, because it's going to fuck you up otherwise. Okay, so the next movie we want to get to is going to be The Honeymoon Phase. So the first movie hosts was uh, made by, I believe it's... um, let me get their names really quick, because I, I keep forgetting that. Yeah, Dark Fable Media. Um, it's being released through uh, Dark Sky, 
uh, which I absolutely love. Dark Sky. They have they have brought us so many damn good movies, guys. Uh, Dark Sky Films. They're responsible for. Pretty much everything beautiful, right? House of the Devil, they, they brought you Ty West. They brought you uh, Adam Green, the Hatchet movies, Starry Eyes, things like that. Uh, Deathgasm, probably the best horror movie to come out of uh, New Zealand in a long time. So, yeah, both of these movies were released by, or are, are being released by, uh, you know, one of my favorite um uh, favorite companies, right? Just to, just to get everything they put out. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, go hosts, go dark sky. You guys, you guys knocked out of the park with this one. So the honeymoon phase um, is actually from 2019. Uh, that's the next one we're gonna talk about. The honeymoon phase. It's from 2019. Um, it had its premiere back in November of 2019, and it finally popped up on video on demand and things like that in August. It was actually just released on DVD on. Um, September 29th. So it literally just came out. Uh, you can order it on, you know, Amazon, some other places. Um, definitely worth a watch. I'm, I think it's 19.99 right now, which is, which is fine. I mean, that's the going rate for a new disc when it comes out. Uh, this is one that I would, I'm going to caution you on this one. Uh, go watch the trailer. Uh, make sure you know what you're getting into. I, I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. I had a lot of fun watching it, but I'm going to say if you're not a hard science fiction fan, you may have some uh, some misgivings toward, uh, about this movie. Uh, there may be some problems here for you. Um, but The Honeymoon Phase, it was directed uh, by Philip G. Carroll. It was also written by Philip G. Carroll, and it stars uh, Philip G. Carroll's wife, who is named Chloe Carroll, who incidentally, and it's not just because, you know, husband and wife or anything like that, incidentally, she gives the best performance of the entire film. So the premise of this movie, as you can probably tell uh, by the by the name, it's about the honeymoon phase. Um, so there's a doctor, um, and he's putting together a, <clears throat> for lack of a better word, uh, an experiment where he lets people live together for 30 days who are freshly uh, newlywed, right? And he's going to study them to see what happens during the honeymoon phase and why people in relationships move out of that phase. Um, you know, and, and you hear the honeymoon phase and everything, not just relationships. I mean, I've heard people be like, oh yeah, I bought this car, but the honeymoon phase is over, right? It fucking sucks. Um, so you hear it all the time. You know, you guys probably know what the, what the term is. So the movie starts with them agreeing to do this so they can get $50,000. Um, the, the, the man in the movie, the male, uh, the, the husband is, uh, is a writer, right? Um, he's played, um, really, really well by, uh, I believe his name's Jim Shubin is his name. Um, so they're not really married. That's why I struggled for a second there. I was like, uh, I don't know the man, the dude in the fucking movie. Uh, that sounded fucking stupid, but, um, yeah, his name, his name's Jim Shubin. He plays Tom. Chloe Carroll plays Eve. Um, and they're a couple. They're not actually married. They lie to get into this, this, this deal. And what happens is they're put to sleep. And when they wake up, they're in this house where they are kind of locked in and they have to live there for 30 days. The good news is they have everything they could ever want. They have a system. All they have to do is fucking ask for it and the shit shows up, right? Uh, pretty nice. But 
Things turn really sinister really quickly. I'm not going to do a spoiler review of this movie on here. Um, I did one on Proud Meat. Again, I don't have enough time. I had to really get into hosts. I wanted to talk about it. Uh, but I'm not going to have enough time to, to really dissect uh, the honeymoon phase like I would on Proud Meat. So if you want to hear that, go listen to Proud Meat. We all had a lot of thoughts on it. There are some really extreme scenes in this movie uh, that if you've ever been in like an abusive relationship, something like that, you may have some trouble with. Um, I don't believe in trigger warnings, but there's a trigger warning if you if you fucking need one. I don't know. If you need one, there it is. Um, if you don't, and you're like, oh, Matt, how dare you fucking sold out. No, I didn't. Fuck you. No, maybe I did. I don't know. Fuck it. Um, I'm just being an idiot. I'm sorry. Uh, you know, th this movie is, it's fun. You can hear that I'm, I'm a little hesitant to uh, to talk about uh, too much with this movie. Um, I, I really, this is one you have to go watch. You just need to sit down and watch it. I can tell you, like with hosts, that it is just brutal and mean and dirty and fun as fuck, right? It's just, it's, if you like nihilistic movies, that's for you. This movie is a lot more layered. It's a lot more textural. Um, there's a lot of subtext here about different things. Um, it's got a lot, uh, it's got, it's got a lot to say socially. Um, you know, it, it's one of those, they're, they're two completely different movies, so it's kind of hard to go back to back on these. So again, if you think the premise sounds interesting, um, again, it's, it's a couple. They lie to get into this uh, to this experiment where they're going to get paid $50,000 uh, just to um, live in a house together for 30 days. But I will tell you that things turn very, very sinister, very, very quick. Um, it has a lot of really good horror elements to it. And actually similar to Hosts, it's a... Uh, it's one of those movies where it's a, it's a container movie, right? Most of it takes place in the same house, just like the majority of hosts takes place in uh, one house for a couple minutes and then another house for the rest of the movie. Very contained. So maybe Dark Sky is going the COVID route and they're like, you know, horror should, should take place in the home right now. Maybe that's what they're thinking. But either way, it's working for them. Because these are two really, you know, really fine movies. Uh, Hosts is great, and The Honeymoon Phase is good. Um, the Honeymoon Phase, I give uh, like a three and a half out of four. Um, and I'm giving it a very kind review. Um, I've seen some negativity towards this movie. Um, I'd say a lot of negativity, actually. I don't think it's deserving of, of that. I think it could have been a little longer to explain a little bit more. But it, it is... Uh, it is um, kind of buoyed by really good acting um, and some pretty tight direction. There are some scenes in this movie, there's some cinematography that is really interesting, um, and there's some really interesting music choices. Oh, that's the one thing I did forget to mention in Hosts. Guys, the the music in Hosts, the soundtrack for Hosts is really fucking good, too. I'm actually kind of hoping they release it separately. I wouldn't mind having that. It's really, really interesting. Uh, so, yeah, take that for what it is. Really good music in Hosts. Sorry if you were listening to this for hosts and I, now I'm like launching back into that halfway through the honeymoon phase. But, you know, neither here nor there. Um, but the honeymoon phase, again, directed really, really well. Shot really, really well. The writing is reasonably tight. It does have a lull period in it where they're trying to set up what you find out near the end. Because there is kind of a... Kind of a big twist, right? It's got kind of a, a Shyamalan-esque twist. 
And, and it, it, it does come out of nowhere, right? It is definitely a twist. And if you go back and watch the movie again, because we, we watched like parts of it again, uh, just like we did with Hosts. We went back and watched it a, a little extra. If you go back and watch it, you start to pick up on it way earlier. Um, they're giving you hints of what's going on earlier and earlier in the movie than what you really knew. Uh, so really cool. Well written. I'm really anxious to see where Philip Carroll takes it from here. Um, I'm really anxious to find out uh, where all of these guys go from here, right? So the honeymoon phase was really good. I, I'm anxious to see where Philip and his wife Chloe take things from here. Um, they are a duo. Apparently they, they work together quite a bit. Um, so I would like to see where they're going to go from here. But man, I am really excited to see where Adam Leader um, and Richard Oakes, where they go next. Because they, they have got something special brewing um, over there in England. So uh, yeah, having said that, let's move past all that and talk a little bit uh, more about a couple other movies I got a chance to watch this week. Uh, some things I've been launching into. So also on Proud Meet, I mentioned that I watched a movie by Daniel Boyd. Um, it's a movie shot right here in the great state of West Virginia. Um, and it is, uh, it's called Invasion of the Space Preachers, right? Um, it's made in, it was made in 1990. And um, I, I've been wanting to watch this movie for a long time. I've seen the trailer a few times. In the circles I run with, like the, the film buffs in this area, um, you know, they, they, they know Daniel Boyd affectionately um, as, you know, the, the independent artist from West Virginia who was making movies around the same time like Kevin Smith was and shit. And what I'm going to say is this. Uh, Invasion of the Space Preachers, what it's about, if you can get your hands on it, do it. Uh, watch the movie. It, it's fun and it's cheap. You can get it for next to nothing. You may, and I usually discourage this, but you may be able to find it on YouTube and watch it. I, again, I don't encourage that because the money's not going to the artist. But if you if you're dirt poor and you can't afford it, you know, and the disc, I think I paid $9.99 for Invasion of the Space, Space Preachers and uh, and Daniel Boyd's earlier film Chillers, which I still haven't gotten to, but I will soon. You can buy them both for like, I think it's $9.99 or $14.99. It's dirt cheap. It's a cheap disc. I recommend just go out and buy it if you can. If you want to borrow it, <laughs> you know where I live, give me a heads up and I'll throw it your way so you can uh, you can check that little fucker out. Because these are fun. The, the, so... Invasion of the Space Preachers is fun. It's not necessarily good. Um, it is really, really fun. It, it, basically, what it's about, um, you have these two city boys who uh, go out into the woods um, to stay at this exotic, like, mountain chalet. It's not. Uh, that's part of the joke. It's definitely a comedy. When they get out there, they discover it is just a uh, a real shit show, right? There's nothing. <laughs> there's nothing good about it. Uh, and they do find that this town is falling under the control of an evil preacher named uh, Rev. Uh, I think his name's uh, Reverend Lash. Yeah, Reverend Lash, I think is what they call him. Um, I know the saying is, Lash is love. Uh, so Reverend Lash um, is like this uh, this kind of slick, tall, uh, blonde uh, preacher. And you find out later that he's from outer space. Uh, and he's here to destroy the world. And our two hapless uh protagonists have to keep it from happening. Um, it's a fun enough movie. Uh, the story gives me... Um, I don't know. It gives me an idea of, of something like Edgar Wright or someone like that would try to tackle. Um, I told my co-hosts on Proud Meat that if this had been made by, you know, 
Disney or Universal and had a big director and a big actor, a big name behind it, um, it probably would have been a hit, at least a cult classic. Um, it has, it very much has like a they live type of vibe to it, like a John Carpenter esque vibe to it. Um, I'm not saying it's that good. Like you really have to be a fan of of low budget shot on video from the 80s and 90s uh, to really appreciate this movie. Uh, but for what it is, I think it's a hell of a lot of fun. And that's another person I, I'd love to try to interview is Daniel. Boyd um, about these movies. Maybe I'll try to have a sit down with him one day and we can kind of dissect these uh, these movies after I watch Chillers. So that's really all I have for tonight, guys. I do have one quick suggestion. So remember what I said in episode one, if you've if you've listened to it. So not only am I a massive horror movie fan, um, I am a massive I know. Brace yourselves. I'm a, I'm a huge country music fan. And I know when I just said country, uh, you guys, your assholes puckered or something like that, right? You're like, oh, what the fuck? Country? No. Uh, not not what you think. Um, not Tim McGraw, not Florida Georgia Line, none of that bullshit, right? I like real fucking country music. I, I, I like, you know, Waylon Jennings and Johnny Cash, um, George Jones. Uh, when it comes to modern artists, uh, last, last episode I, uh, I really, really went on and on about Tyler Childers and his new album um i recommended it for everybody in the last episode and i'm gonna i have some recommendations tonight so first off i'm also a punk and metal fan like a big big fucking punk and metal fan so i want to wish a quick happy birthday to one of my favorite albums made in 1986 um maiden iron maidens uh somewhere in time is celebrating a birthday so happy birthday iron maidens somewhere in time fucking amazing amazing album um if you've never listened to it Sit down and do it. Uh, sit down and listen to that. So happy birthday to that. Um, and just in time for the birthday of Somewhere in Time, Maiden just announced a brand new live album, live from Mexico. So we are going to talk more about that later on. Guarantee you that's going to be a proud uh, a proud meet pick somewhere down the line. Once that, uh, once that Blu-ray hits, I'm sure that's going to be a really big one with the proud meet team. Uh, but we'll come back to that. So tonight, what I'm going to recommend is a little unorthodox. So Last week, I recommended a brand new album. This week, I'm going to turn around and I'm going to recommend a, an older album. Okay, so um, normally I'm trying to give you guys stuff that I'm listening to, uh, stuff that I'm, I'm checking out right now, stuff that I, I can't quite get enough of. And I've been listening to a band called the Turnpike Troubadours a lot. Uh, so they're a band out of Oklahoma. And what's really cool about these guys, they're not your, um, oh man, even, even a Amongst like uh, underground country music, they're not your standard run-of-the-mill country, right? Every album, if you're into storytelling at all, every album follows now the same people. You hear a lot of the same names, and their storytelling is just second to none. And what I'm going to recommend you guys do is go out and get their first their first album, Diamonds and Gasoline. Go find this album and listen to it and tell me what you think of it. Um, the reason I'm doing this, guys, is because, again, in the horror community, you got metalheads. That's normal. You got punk fans. That's totally normal. Fans are like classic rock. You got that. That's totally normal, right? You got your bands like, you know, Black Sabbath and Blue Oyster Cult and Slayer and, and all these bands that everybody in the, in the you know, in the horror community rallies around. Marilyn Manson, Nine Inch Nails. But... 
I want to start to bridge the gap between horror movies and country music. I feel like there is something there. There is an unfound, unspoken love that can exist between these two things. So fuck, go find it. Go find it and listen to this album. So again, my selection this week, the album I think you should go listen to, Turnpike Troubadours, Diamonds and Gasoline. Evan Felker is the lead singer. And right now, this band is on an indefinite hiatus because he was dealing with some substance abuse problems. Um, But, you know, rumor going around is he's feeling better, right? And we could start to see see him make his way back to the band. And I would love to see that happen. Uh, but either way, and if you don't like it, you know, fuck it. Still tune in and listen to my uh, my movie reviews. And every now and again, I'll go old school and I'll talk about, you know, Black Flag and uh, Circle Jerks and Minor Threat and uh, Slayer and Megadeth and shit like that. Because I, I love that shit too. But I'm also just a, a massive country fan. So go find Turnpike Troubadours, Diamonds and Gasoline. You can find it on Spotify. You can find it on YouTube, places like that and give it a listen tell me if it fucking sucks tell me if you like it tell me what you think so guys this has been mountains of madness uh my name's matt because i think i totally forgot to say my name at the beginning so go go find these movies go find these albums and give them a shot if you hate them that's fine you're i'm not telling you you have to love this shit but you at least got to respect people for making art um so go find these movies again let's recap hosts Hosts, go fucking watch this movie. I can't say that enough. I'm going to leave it at that. Um, Hits video on demand October 2nd. I'm sure eventually we're going to get a disc. I want a copy of that. I need to get it in my collection. The the Honeymoon Phase came out on DVD September 29th. It's been on video on demand everywhere. Go find that movie. Check it out. Um, And then Invasion of the Space Preachers. It's a Troma DVD, by the way. Um, And you can buy it with both Chillers and Invasion of the Space Preachers. I highly recommend that disc if you can get your hands on it. Um, And then Turnpike Troubadours, Diamonds and gasoline that's the album for tonight all right guys i hope you had fun listening fuck it if you didn't i'm gonna keep doing it we're gonna just keep you know hounding you about this shit all right so i hope you guys have a wonderful night and we're gonna play you out like always with just a little bit of uh you know some appalachian fiddle music or something like that you know make your make your night uh make your night nice all right have a good one guys thank you (laughs) 